Welcome back, everyone, to Fans in the Pro with you till 6 o'clock tonight. Mike Ostus McAllister, as we're getting ready for a huge weekend of sports, the Pelicans tonight, and then the Saints and the Falcons on Sunday noon. We all know what's at stake. And Deuce, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but really cool about Rashid Shaheed getting the Pro Bowl, and as well, Darren Rizzi, uh, top five special teams coach from the NFLPA. I know you have great regard for the special teams coaches. I, I just know you do because I hear you talk to them and about them all the time. So that's very cool. Yeah, definitely very cool. I mean, and those guys, they are the one coach that works with everybody. And, you know, a lot of times you may not know it or understand it. It's, you know, it's not like the offensive line coach or the D-line coach. You know, uh, offensive line coach, he works primarily with the offensive line guys and maybe the running backs. I mean, and, you know, tight ends get thrown in there as well. But with the quarterback, yes, he's on the same page. But special team coach – he has a unit that has the offensive line on it. He has a unit that has the defensive line on it. He has a unit that has the kickers, the long snapper. And if you use your quarterback as a holder, every position plays for him. The returners, they're number, normally receivers. Your upbacks, that's going to be your tailbacks or your tight ends. You know, your, your, your linebackers, they're cover guys. Your safety, they're cover guys. So, I mean, outside of maybe the offensive line coach from an offensive standpoint um, nobody else interacts with every set of players outside of the special team guys and uh, for me really if you're I don't care what what particularly if you're a young player though and if you're trying to make a team or you're trying to play man go go holler that special team coach because that's who you need to know I mean that that that's going to be a guy because he, he he's got opportunities for you if if you don't have anything else with the special team coach He's got opportunities for you, and you trying to make a team, that's who I'm getting to know. So I'm curious because we see this all the time, and you know, they, there seems to be a certain mold, right, for a special teams coach. There just, there just seems to be that guy, yet they don't transition enough or very often to, to head coaches, yet they're always almost the – almost always, or a lot you of times, the assistant head coaches, right? They don't call plays. Really? They don't call plays. So a lot of times you think about one unit affecting the game, particularly from an owner or GM standpoint. It's not the special teams unit. That's a third. That's a third. I just need a kicker. I just need a punter. You know, what play is he calling? What are you running? You're running middle return. You're running right return. You're running left return. You know, from a coverage standpoint, yes, the game has gotten defined now where I I, I need a, a, a rugby-style kick or I need a uh, – um, you know, I don't even know how you do it, but you put different spin on the ball as far as for the kick. I need a wedge-type shot. So, yes, that's all added. But, I mean, what, what are you calling that? You, you, I mean, we talk about it. You just want to pin him inside the 20 or you want to pin him inside the 10. What are you calling that? Well, can't, he be, uh, uh, can't they be head coaches with great offensive and defensive coordinators? Does, well, no, that, that, but that's normally what it is. Right. That's normally what you have to bring in. Right. But normally, if I'm going to go that route – well, I'm gonna just I'm gonna hire the guy that calls the plays. Right. I'm gonna hire the guys that actually calls the plays because at some point some team is gonna say, Well, your special teams guy, he he's he's cool, he's good, but I want your O C. Yeah. Now that O C feels like, Yeah, man, thank you. I, it's always been my show. It's always been my show. I'm the one that's putting the the points on the board. Now I wanna take uh give me that uh, defensive back uh, coach. I'm going to make him my DC because I went, my offense went against him every day. And I think that he could call defenses for me. And so the special team coaches, yes, you know, Harbaugh is one that, that transitioned from a 
special teams coordinator to a head coach. Uh, coach Coach Rich Bisaccia was one that was a uh, – uh, he, he was an intern out in uh, for Oakland. The other coach, uh, what is it, Tober uh, for uh, Carolina right now? He's the intern. I mean, but that those are the guys. Even Coach Rizzi he, down in Miami. I think you know uh, for for I don't I can't remember if it was a, for a game or two or something. But he, he, there have been special team guys that take over because they know all 53 players, but very few get that opportunity to truly say I am the head coach because I know offense. I've been a coordinator either in one of those areas, maybe not in the NFL, but I can do that and, you know, I can bring the OC and the DC that I want that that will make us, you know, be a complete team. We will see Sunday at noon, Caesars Superdome, Saints and Falcons. That's really all you need to say, but there's a ton on the line. Bring your voice. The rain's going to move out. It's going to be a pretty weekend and a great day on Sunday. Got to take a break, and we'll get back talking about the Pelicans game tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers at the Smoothie King Center at 7 o'clock. We'll talk with ESPN NBA analyst Mark Spears at 520. we got some callers on hold. We'll get to you after we talk to Mark. Stick with us here on Fans in the Pro. My call is Deuce McAllister, WWLAMFM, WWL.com, always free and live on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Fans in the Pro. My call is Deuce McAllister. We're working to get Mark Spears on the line to talk a little Pelicans tonight with the Clippers 7 o'clock. We're attempting to do so, and when we do get Mark, we'll talk about the Pelicans tonight. And I know, uh, Deuce, you're a huge fan, and it's just been, been fun to have them be so strong early in the season, and just you just you want them to keep it up. And they've been playing such just good basketball against good, good teams. And and you know January will be February before you know it, and and, and they'll have a lot of attention. No, I agree with you, and it it, it will be, <laughs> it will be here. Yeah. I mean, it will be here in a hurry, and uh, you know, for us, it's just we, we're gonna enjoy it. We're gonna enjoy it, and just see what 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 brings about, and you know. Um, what what could continue to happen? That's I think, basically where we are. Yeah, I think one of the things that you said was that the, you know because the, the Pelicans have won nine of the last ten against the Clippers is that they've always had you know not much of the big four, but they're Kawhi, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, who have, have an, an astounding thirty-two All-Star game appearances between them. So they expect a big four tonight. So you know, be a, be a heck of a game. You know, I, I agree. It should be a heck of a game. And I think when you look at the matchup, you know, this is one where you always wonder, can the uh, the fans play a factor? This is one where the fans can play a factor into it. I mean, because having the fans on our side um, in this game, uh, that, that that would be huge just because you're at home and the fans can get behind you a little bit. And now it, it, it's almost like it should be a playoff environment in the Smoothie King Center in January. You know, in, in January, think about that, early January, it should feel like a playoff game. And, I mean, I know it's been electric uh, before in the in, in, in the Smoothie King Center, but it should be electric in there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. One of the things that Steve Weiss said earlier, and I hope that I didn't talk to Charlie about you about this instead of Charlie, but I kind of felt like the Taylor Heineke thing was kind of a little gamesmanship that uh, – you know that he was limited with the ankle injury, but I'm um, you know that that now and because one of the things Weiss has said that you know maybe it might be Desmond Ritter on Sunday. I mean, you think? 
it may be. I mean, like I said, we we talked about it earlier at the beginning of the show. I mean, if he's limited to to, to the point where he can't move, then yeah, they're gonna go with Desmond. I mean, and they they have to be able to run the QB runs with their quarterback, whether that's Ritter or Heineke. But you know, the one thing that would 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 Ritter. Um, that you, you've had the turnovers. And so how much are they going to truly trust him in a situation like that, knowing that he has turned the football over, particularly in the red zone? And so that'll be intriguing and, and something to definitely watch, you know, if it, if it is, you know, Heineke and or Ritter, you know, uh, hey, how, how, how do the Saints adjust? You've played against Ritter before. Heineke was going to be a guy new for you as far as playing with Atlanta. You know the weapons that they have. I don't think it changes a lot. It, 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 it's about can you stop the run, whoever is quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Uh, really about uh, B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson uh, You know, at, at this juncture. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick call. James uh, wants to talk about the offensive line run defense. James, you're on with Mike and Deuce. Hey, guys. Uh, so at, we picked up an offensive lineman from Atlanta. He is a journeyman, but, I mean, he's still his last place. Uh, his, he last played with Atlanta. Uh, how much intel would he be able to provide as far as, you know, the, the line calls and things of that nature? Because losing the sun, I think, is big, given the fact that um, I'm hoping that the crowd noise is going to be what it is every time we play Atlanta. So I'm hopeful that we'll have a better run showing. And also – Abram had his best game of the season, probably since I've been watching, even with the Raiders. I don't like him in pass coverage, but against Atlanta, we need his physicality. I hope we can play him more and uh, but, but protect his blind side, and, I mean, protect his back in coverage. The other issue is uh, I don't ever want to see a linebacker covering, covering Robinson. I don't think there's a linebacker in the league. No no problem with DeMario, nothing against him. But I don't think there's a linebacker in the league that could cover uh, Robinson. I'm hoping that we decide to bracket him. You guys' thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bracketing him. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I mean, because then you're going to leave Drake London one-on-one or you're going to leave uh, your other receivers one-on-one. I mean, even, even with um, – with with Robinson, um, look, I, I got to get, I got to reroute him, um, and I've got to expect them to kind of throw deep with him. Uh, if it's short routes, I, I'm going to keep him in front, and I'm going to rally the football with him. But I, I'm I'm not bracketing him. I mean, um, if he's outside as 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 a true receiver, I'm going to give him space. I'm going to make the quarterback have to throw the pass, and we've got to come up and tackle him. I mean, if he's coming out of the backfield, what you want to do is you want to hit him. You know, and so you can't give him a free release. My defensive end, part of your job is to hit him. My offensive, my defensive lineman inside, if he's coming through the B gaps uh, or A gap, your job is to hit him. You've got to slow him down from that perspective. But I'm not, I'm not bracketing him. I mean, he's he's, he's a good player, but I'm not, I'm not giving him that much respect yet. Uh, and 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 so the intel piece, I think it's more of the center being out more so than the line calls because from a line call we can we can change those words week to week you can change those words on the sideline you know series to series uh hey look instead of using uh horse we're going to use heater we're going to use heater still starts with the h you know instead of use right we're going to go with uh 
another word that starts with the R. You know, we're going to go with rainbow. We're going to go with, uh, you know, in, 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 instead of, you know, same thing with left. And left 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 hand call, lucky, lucky, lucky. That's normally it, it, it's kicking to the left. Well, this week, all lucky calls will be silver calls. So now I'm hollering silver, silver, silver. The offensive line, they know exactly what it is. It's the old lucky. And so you can change those week to week, or you can change them even from series to series. But it's really where it comes down to. It really comes down to uh, that center being able to pass off the games. They've got to be able to pass off the games and the twists and the stunts. That's that's what's going to be critical. James, thanks for the phone call. Colby Gossett was the uh – offensive lineman to the practice squad that the Saints signed. He did spend three years with Atlanta, uh, was out uh, this year. So his last play with them in in 2022. We do have now Mark Spears on the line. We're happy to kind of switch gears and flip it back to the Pelicans. He's an ESPN NBA analyst as well as the website Anscape. Mark, welcome to the show. How's it going on in the Big Easy, man? Uh, It's a little rainy right now, but it's going to get better later because the Pelicans play. It's going to get even sunnier and nicer on Sunday because – it's Saints and Falcons, and there's no bad weather when the Saints and, and Falcons play. So we're, we're, you're on with Mike Haas. And, there's a lot and, of hate, though. Yeah, there, we there's, got a, there's, not, there's not a lot of love there. I will, I'll give you that much. No. <laughs> uh, tonight, uh, you're on with Mike Haas and Deuce uh, McAllister, Pelicans and the Clippers. Wow, both teams have won four straight. Uh, and we had a, a note earlier that you know the last three losses for – the Pelicans have a combined five points. So this is a you know give give, give me your thoughts on what you see from this Pelicans team this year. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I was really disappointed in this franchise um, in Las Vegas. I was out there. Uh, the lack of effort. How are you not going to have effort with money on the line? I have no idea. Like significant money on the line. I I, I was just really confused. And I thought it was an amazing opportunity for Zion, for the Pelicans, for the city of New Orleans to kind of get lifted up on, you know, it was in Vegas and it wasn't the finals, but shoot, it's a a global stage, a big stage, a lot of people watching and to have the, the fall down that they had in Vegas, like was very, very confusing to me. But ever since then, man, like Pelicans have been, a really great team. Um, uh, they played to the level of their ability. Even their losses have been close losses. Uh, I was at the John Morant game. They could have easily, the first one, um, they easily could have won that. So now I think you're seeing what the Pelicans can be healthy and um, how special they can be if, if their mind is, is correctly in it. Mark, I can tell you how the effort, money, I got money. <laughs> I mean, right. it's just up, I, it, how you how you doing? It's it, 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 it's probably the wrong thing to say, but uh, when it when it when it got a little tough, and you you talk about um, maybe not putting out the best effort, it's like yeah, it's important. But you know, I probably enjoyed Vegas a little bit too much, and you know, I'm 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 okay money wise, and so. Uh, I, but they've moved on from that, so I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. They they they've yeah. moved on from that. Um, you know, I I, I want to get your your thoughts on um, where this team could get a little bit better. I mean, because you know there there, there are some chinks in the armor. Uh, they've played well, but there's some chinks in the armor, and you know there's rumors that have floated. Um, whether they were winning, whether they were you know losing, they're they're a little bit louder then. But you know um, they haven't made a ton of moves at the uh, trade deadline 
previously because they haven't been healthy. Well, you've been healthy yeah. pretty much for at least more games this year than than in past. And, you know, there's there's been talk maybe about a, the backup point guard spot or, you know, adding another big or even bringing in more more shooting. Just I want to get your opinion on, you know, where, where, where do you see them uh, in that total equation? You know, I mean, based on how they're playing right now, it probably gives you a little fear to mess with them because it, they are once again showing that when they're healthy, they're, they're a power and they're a problem, right? So to me, that's always been the biggest issue is health. <laughs> like that's their, and it, it ain't it ain't the Nuggets that's their biggest opponent. It's health, and so I, I do think dudes that they probably could just add a little bit more punch to their bench. Uh, shooting doesn't hurt. Um, you know, Ryan is he is he he's still hurt, right? He's not yes. playing. He he gave him a boost. Um, but you know what? I I like to see them get some confidence in in Hawkins. I was really intrigued by him early in the season and thought he was going to be one of the rising rookies, maybe a first-team all-rookie player, and then all of a sudden he's in Birmingham, right? And, you know, was a little confused by that but because um, I think they could definitely use his shooting, and he had a one really huge game um, that showed what he was capable of. But um, – I, I don't know that there needs to be any major reconstruction here. It doesn't seem like they're giving up on Zion. Um, going to do something big there. So, to me, it's just adding pieces to the bench that if some of these injuries do pop up, that, okay, we could band-aid it for four or five games with this guy. We could band-aid it with that guy. And uh, so that I think that's more the thing is continue to make this bench stronger and stay healthy. Yeah, when you talk about, you know, uh, Hawk, Hawk was top five for rookie of the year. I mean, early on, but a lot yeah. of the run that he was getting was because you, you had so many guys like uh, uh, Jose that was out. Uh, you, you, you had uh, Trey Turner that w- that was out. Yeah. And so uh, he was getting to run. But, you know, when, when all those guys got back healthy, he was number 11. I mean, and, you know, not, not yeah. most nights they're going to play 10 but not necessarily 11. Now, when Trey has been out the last couple of games, then Hawk has gotten a run, and he he's a shooter. He, he He's definitely been a shooter, and I think that, you know, as yeah. you talk about uh, the more shooting that you can have on the floor with, 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 with Z and, um, you know, to, to, to be able to help spread the floor with, for Brandon when he's driving and, and creating, it definitely helps him. So it'll be intriguing, and, and tonight's matchup is definitely going to be a good one as well. Yeah. Uh, remind me who they play. <laughs> Tonight they got the clips. Woo. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, um, you know, the clips have won eight of their last ten, four in a row. Two teams. Something's got to break between these two teams with the streak. I'm really curious to who the real Clippers are. I mean, but right now, I mean, there's, you know, the hottest team in in the Western Conference, um, perhaps the hottest team in the league, and. Uh, I, every hey, Deuce, man. Every time I want to get in love with the Clippers, man, something happens. <laughs> I can I can imagine that. I I, I understand yeah. it. It's an injury or, or or something just goes haywire yeah. with them, or something crazy off the court. Like it, it just I mean, they just always seem snake bitten. Like something happens, um, whether it's a crazy owner situation or uh, injury situation and. You know, um, I know they got some free agent things, and 
the owner is really, really excited because he's building a new state arena that's going to be the best of the best of the best in Inglewood, California right now. Um, so I think this is a, you know, this is a good test for both teams. I'm, I'm really excited to, to see them because uh, I, I think it's a benchmark game for both to see if they're truly, um, you know, ready to, you know, let I me mean, look at it. I mean, both teams aren't that far out of the top spot, right? I mean, um, so I'm really curious to see how both teams do here tonight and going forward because they, they are both capable of winning the West. Yeah, Minnesota's 24-9, so they're the, right now in the Western Conference, and then you have to just go the Pelicans are 21-14, and 14, so five losses really only separate six uh, from one. Um, you know, both teams, as you say, playing extremely well. But it needs to be a big game if, to me, it feels like from a defensive standpoint to, for a Clipper team that has the big four that's going to average 117 a night. Uh, you're going to need a really strong defensive effort. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you, you guys got the, the firepower to – you know, score back. And the one thing you also have is I think JV, Val Swainis is a very, very underrated player, doesn't get to just do. He rebounds well. He scores in the post easy. He gets easy buckets. He's in the way. He's just a, a mammoth of a man in the middle. And so, you know, the Clippers do have a big, uh, another European big on the other side. But to me, this is one thing. The Clippers, in a lot of ways, remind me of the Celtics. They're very, very perimeter-oriented. And if you could play some great perimeter defense on them, you know, you could figure out a way to, to beat this team. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, perimeter defense, Herb Jones, uh, those, those kind of that kind of play is, is going to be key tonight. Well, it's a big one. We appreciate your time. You're right for uh... – Valanciunas, by the way, I mean, I do agree, you know, 17th in the NBA in rebounds per game, 26th among NBA centers in three-point percentage, and 18 double-doubles, which is 10th yeah. in the NBA. So, I mean, you're right, he's, he's kind not, of – I've not talked about it all, yeah. but he's, he's extremely valuable. Yeah. Well, Mark Spears, again, appreciate it. ESPN, NBA analyst, as well as Anscape, the website.com, Anscape.com. You can see all of his work. I uh, hope to see you down the road and, and – uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, Deuce. I appreciate it, Mark. You take care. Go Tigers. (laughs) We'll take a break. Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister, you're listening to Fans and the Pro until 6 o'clock tonight when it's Boomer and Valenny will take over. And don't forget, tomorrow, WWL is your home for NFL Saturday football. It's doubleheader, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Pre-games at 3 o'clock, kickoffs at 3.30, followed by the Houston Texans at Indianapolis, a big one in the AFC South. That's at 7.15. That's NFL Saturday Football on WWLAMFM.com, streaming live over the free Odyssey app. Back after this. Stay with us. Welcome back, fans in the pro, for the Saints-Atlanta game on Sunday. Don't forget, it's a big raffle, 50-50 raffle. They did it in November in Atlanta. They're continuing again in support of Team Gleason and Tackle. Uh, ALS marks the second installment of this collaboration, and that starts at 9 o'clock a.m. on Sunday, runs to the end of the third quarter, and fans can participate immediately by purchasing 50-50 raffle through the Saints mobile app or the Saints website anywhere from the state of Louisiana. And fans attending the game can participate through 
these channels or through the raffle volunteers and you'll see the QR codes placed throughout the Caesars Superdome on Sunday. So uh, you'll see references to both Steve Gleason's jersey and Tim Green's Gleason 37 Green 99. So uh, it's the second kind of installment. They started this back in November in Atlanta, kind of have a home and home as far as the 50-50 charity raffle. So uh, a big one on Sunday uh, for for when we, we, we saw this at week 12. Uh, week 12, man, it's, it was kind of a – I was never anticipating that game to be kind of the barometer, but we've, we've, I've used this game a couple of times as I'm going through research, Deuce, and it's, you know, it's, they did not score a touchdown, five field goals. They were 0 for 5 in the red zone, uh, could not stop the run. They had the, you know, the pick six uh, and then the, the Taysom Hill fumble. And since that game, you know, that's been kind of the marker when you go back and you go, okay, red zone since week 12, <laughs> turnovers since week 12. Uh, and But to me, that's just a painful, painful 24-15 to 15 loss because you can have one, maybe 14-point, you know, kind of a turnaround, turnover, you know, situation. But to have two, that's, that's tough to overcome. Well, it's tough to overcome, but it shows you that's a game that you should have won. I know. I mean, that's a game that you should have won. You go 0 for 5 in the red zone, and you have two turnovers. Right. I mean, you don't even get to kick the field goals. You don't even get to kick the field goals. They were really goals. inside the 5. I mean, they were, yeah, they were, five, they were you, in the 5. You don't even get to kick the field goals. I mean, and so even even having that, you know, that, that's six more points. How much does that change the game? And now you take off seven for Atlanta because of the pick six. And so it just it, – it, that's the frustrating one right there. Now, there's a couple more that's frustrating for you when you go back and look look at it. But for the Atlanta game, you were able to move the ball up and down the field. You move the ball up and down the field. You get in the red zone, uh-oh, we don't play well. We freeze up. Now, you turn the ball over twice. Now, you talk about a 14-point swing, a true 14-point swing, where if you just get six, the whole dynamics of the game change. And so um, – Really doesn't change for me. You've got to limit how much they run the football. You've got to create turnovers. You got to score in the red zone. I mean, you've got to score in the red zone. You're gonna get pressure. They're going to pressure you. They're gonna give you some blitz. They're gonna give you some different looks defensively. Can you handle that? And then can you get your playmakers the ball in space? So let me run through kind of the situation because we'll we'll, we'll save the last block for kind of Deuce's diamonds on, you know, what the Saints have to do to come out with the victory because we all know what's at stake. The Saints beat Atlanta and then need Carolina to beat Tampa, and that's it. It's over. The Saints win the NFC South. Uh, Conversely, should Atlanta win, which, you know, we didn't like to talk about, and Tampa also loses, so Atlanta wins the division. So, but Saints beat Atlanta, but Tampa also wins. So now you kind of look at the 325 games. You have Seattle at Arizona, Chicago at Green Bay. You can't. You can actually have ties, but you're looking at an Arizona, you know, upset win over Seattle, and a Chicago win at Green Bay. I hate to even use the word upset anymore, but just wanted to kind of run through that. And should the Saints make it as a wild card, they will travel to either Dallas, Philadelphia, or Detroit. And if they, of course, win. Uh, the NFC South, they will host a, a wild yeah, card game. Host, yeah. yeah, you get to host a game. Uh, if the Saints get in, they'll be the seventh seed. And if they don't get in, then they will be – I mean, if they get in, they will either be the seventh or the fourth seed. Fourth, you're hosting. Seventh, you're on the road. Right. Um, so, it's just uh, – you know, it's a, it's a big – the NFL, I mean, you know, they couldn't have written this down in – you know, when the schedule came out in April to say we're going to have on the final Sunday – 
we're going to have, or Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have three AFC playoffs still up for grabs and two NFC. That's five. Uh, and most of the games matter. You don't have a lot of games that don't matter. You'd have some, but, uh, you know, not, not a ton. I mean, this is, this is exactly what they wanted. So the script writers, they got it right. The yeah. script writers, how they <laughs> planned it out and, you know, everything is already figured out. The script writers, they got it right. And the intrigue is there just because the NFL is the most watched TV show of uh, 94 out of 100 over the last year. And so, yeah, the script writers, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what we need. I was like, it's a, it's a weird kind of game to not dissect, but if you just kind of look at the offenses – both offenses and kind of where they're ranked and all, where they stand. There's kind of middle of the road, yet both offenses at times can be outstanding, world beaters. And then, you know, the next week, a shell of that offense. But both defenses, man, you know, top 10 almost across the board uh, for the, you know, in, in, in areas that matter, third down, you know, uh, Red zone, stuff like that. Uh, and so there's there's not like a strength of Saints offense versus the strength of the Atlanta defense because bo- both offenses are kind of, mm, you know, kind of middle of the road. But it's just like who, what offense shows up for both teams, right? Because somebody's going to have to take on a Saints defense that's one of the best on third down or an Atlanta defense that's one of the best on third downs. But which offense can be most efficient? I mean, that's maybe what I'm talking about. Which offense will show up for both teams? I don't even think it's that. I think which offense can score in the red zone and which offense can not turn the ball over. I mean, I think that's what this game comes down to. It's which offense can produce in the red zone. Because I think both offenses will move the football. But if you got turnovers, then that changes things. And if you get in the red zone and you can't score again, then that changes things. I mean, so but that doesn't change that you're moving the football. So I think both offenses from an efficiency standpoint will move the ball or at least hit on some explosives. But it, it, it'll be, you're in the red zone, do you score touchdowns or do you get field goals or do you even turn the ball over, you know, even you don't even get in that situation. That, that That's what it'll come down to. And special teams, you know, we, we often, it's when you get to these big games and to me you look at a Rashid Shahid and we talked about this a little bit that maybe it might be the case against Tampa because Tampa struggled in a lot of the punt and kickoff return and coverage and that's where the Saints are best, you know, top five in three of those four categories. And Atlanta is actually worse than Tampa. Punt return, 27th in the NFL. Punt coverage, 27th in the NFL. Kick return, 31st in the NFL. Now, kick coverage, they're 20th, but that's the best they are, whereas the Saints are kind of the flip-flop of that. So, uh, you know, you, you get a little Rashid Shahid break and, you know, get you some good field position or, or, or break one. And I feel like that that's kind of, you know, one. Of, that's, well, this is one of these games where – that kind of thing can be the difference. Yeah, I, I hope they kick it to him. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, to me, you got Jake Camarda, you know, shanking him thirty-eight yards because he doesn't want to kick to him. Uh, you know, if that's if that's the worst that's going to happen, you're, you're, you're winning. You're, you're winning the hidden hitting uh, hidden field yardage position. game. Yeah, yeah that, well, it's the hidden yardage game. That, yeah. that's exactly what you were doing. You're winning the hidden yardage game in that situation. Because that's not what he ever does, right? He kicks it 75 yards and just goes, you know, he outkicks his covers most of the time. So it'll be interesting to see what Bradley Pinion does uh, on Sunday. So we'll take a break, come back, we'll get Deuce's final thoughts about 
this game on Sunday, what the Saints have to do offensively and defensively to kind of win this game and put the pressure on Tampa and and others and just see what happens. All you can do is all you can do when you, you lost control of your situation with the Rams game. You, you, you knew then you'd probably need some help. We'll see what happens on Sunday, but we'll come back and we'll get his thoughts. You're listening to Fans in the Pro, Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister, till 6 o'clock tonight. WLAMFM.com, always free and live on the Odyssey app. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister. If you missed the top of the show, Alvin Kamara questionable with his ankle. He'll be a game-time decision. Also, the quarterback for the Falcons, Taylor Heineke, also questionable. Peyton Turner has been activated as the Saints put Nephi Sewell on injured reserve. 18 weeks. We are at week 18 the 17th game of the season. All right, Deuce, the Saints need to win. That's it, period. I mean, this is, there is no tomorrow, baby. So they got to do what offensively and defensively to get this victory? You've got to be able to run the football. Um, I think that's one thing that's going to be critical. You've got to be able to protect a quarterback, and you've got to take care of the football. Uh, it's kind of like we just talked about uh, the issues with the red zone. You've got to score. I mean, it's you would love 100%, but it's got to be 75 to 80% in the red zone where you're coming away with touchdowns. And then for the run game, um, I don't think that you'll completely stop them, but you've got to limit them. You've got to tackle. I didn't think the Saints tackled really no, well right. in the first game. I thought there were way too many yak yardage plays for Atlanta. They had them short a few times, short of the first down on third down. But, I mean, they ended up breaking multiple tackles. And then, you know, to close out the game, it was really, really bad. Uh, and so, for me, it's going to come down to fundamental football. I mean, this is probably one that's the easiest and the simple when you talk about it. It's playing assignment football, having gap integrity. You've got to be able to do those things defensively, and you've got to get after the quarterback. I mean, the Saints need to be on the plus side of the uh, turnover side, uh, mark, you know, until whether that's plus one, plus two, whatever it may be, you've got to be able to do those things. And we will have to kind of wait and see, uh, you know, what they do at, at running back because they have Jamal. Uh, Alvin is going to be a game-time decision, and today – Kendra Miller did not practice with an illness. He's still been bothered by that ankle. So, you know, they, they may, you know, likely call up somebody from the practice squad. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, be, I be mean Jordan, Mims, Mims, Jordan Mims no, or yeah. James Robinson. Correct. You're, you're fine with calling somebody up. I mean, it as, would as still in, be Jamal. Insurance. Yeah, well, it, not only from insurance, even if the other guys aren't going to go or, or one of them does go, you probably still need to protect yourself. I mean, because even the last game, they would not have just strictly went with just two two tailbacks knowing that one of them's kind of hobbled. So even if Alvin is able to go, you're probably going to – somebody's going to have to sacrifice a, a position group will sacrifice because you, you will carry – I feel good and confident in saying it. Even if Alvin or Kendra Miller plays, you, you will probably carry – uh, three tailbacks this week. And, you know, the, the obviously uh, Prentice, their fullback, will be, be available. And so now it becomes what other position groups loses a player. You know, what what is it? Is it the receivers? Is it the tight ends? Is it the, uh, you know, uh, offensive line? You know, maybe, maybe it's that group. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. They'll, they'll, those will be the decisions that they kind of make uh, on Sunday. There's probably a plan right now. But, of course, we don't know it completely yet. And keep doing what you're doing from a turnover standpoint. I mean, you got four last week. You needed every one of them. Uh, and that's been the Falcons' problem, right? Now, the, I will say the Falcons have fumbled it 12 times. Six of those belong to Desmond Ritter. And that's what we don't know still. But, uh, you know, they're minus nine in the turnover differential. Uh, 
28th in the league. Uh, the Saints, you know, after the, the big game in Tampa, are have plus eight, and they're seventh. And I just, man, you know, off even the offense, you know, feeds on that defense making turnovers and do that, do that again. Well, if you can do it now, it's extra possessions. I That's mean, right. So, offense, you got to go cash in. If your defense exactly. is creating extra possessions for you, or even from a field position standpoint, uh, at worst, you're thinking three, but I want seven. You're right. All right, my friend. I will see you Sunday morning. Should be a fun one. We're looking forward to it. Deuce McAllister, Mike Hoss, thanks for listening. My thanks to Charlie Long in the booth for helping out tonight. As always, Steve Weiss, Mark Spears, Pelicans, 7 o'clock tonight, Smoothie King Center against the L.A. Clippers. And all of our action begins Sunday morning at 8 o'clock with Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Thanks for listening to Fans and the Pro. Boomer and Valenti are up next here on WWL.